Good morning. It is uh, 11.07. Glad to have you with us. Earlier uh, in the week, we had this this problem with the FAA, and they shut down all the air traffic. They had a system-wide failure. And I, I was suspicious right from the get-go. I even came on the air and asked about, you know, does it, you know, could it be a terrorist attack? Because that's that's what I thought it was. Uh, you have this uh, this system and, and and a backup, and and they both go down. Something's going on here, but I couldn't prove it. And Buttigieg uh, at Al said, no, no, it was just a little software glitch. Uh, then I found out there was something that happened in Canada, but I didn't have all the details. That made me even more curious about whether it was an attack. Well, Tucker Carlson did a monologue about this yesterday. And I want you to listen to this because I think the government is lying to us again. A really interesting story. So five days ago, last Wednesday, the FAA ordered a ground stop on all air travel in the U.S. That meant that not a single commercial or private aircraft was allowed in the skies over this country. That's very serious. Hard to overstate the seriousness of that, actually. The last, the only other time this country has imposed a national ground stop was after 9-11, the terror attacks, 21 years ago. So it's a huge deal. What happened? Why did the government ground all the planes? So people asked, but initially no one seemed to know. Pete Buttigieg, who runs the Transportation Department, which oversees the FAA, went on TV to say he was not quite sure. And then over the next several hours, a kind of story emerged. The government system that sends messages to pilots, called NOTAM, had gone down. And then the emergency backup system had also gone down. Now, the FAA claimed it first noticed this on Tuesday night. When the problem could not be fixed, the government issued a ground stop the next morning. That's what Pete Buttigieg said. He described the culprit here as, quote, a damaged database file with no evidence of a cyber attack. So to repeat, said Pete Buttigieg, There was no evidence of a cyber attack. It was just your garden variety software snafu. Some contractor entered the wrong code. No big deal. That's what they said. But it was not a very convincing story if you thought about it. Shutting down all commercial air travel in this country, even for a morning, is a very serious thing to do. U.S. airlines haul close to three quarters of a billion people every year. Air travel is essential. It's also potentially dangerous. So for a lot of reasons, it is imperative that our system works perfectly. But one day, our system just shut down for no real reason. Is that what you're telling us? Yes, explained Pete Buttigieg with a straight face. Now, most people seem to think this was fine. We were not entirely convinced. And then the next day, last Thursday, we noticed that virtually the same thing happened in Canada. Well, that was very strange. Because the U.S. and Canada have separate aviation authorities. They're different countries. And each country uses its own software to route their planes. The systems are not linked to each other. And yet, 24 hours after our country's NOTAM system went down, Canada's NOTAM system went down also. According to the Canadian government, its system, quote, experienced an outage. Really? What are the odds of that? And then we remembered that on New Year's Day, two weeks ago, something similar happened in the Philippines. Its air traffic control system also went down. For a time, no aircraft were allowed in Philippine airspace. Thousands of flights over Asia had to be rerouted, which is expensive and dangerous, potentially. Now, this was also, they told us at the time, some sort of minor technical problem that we should not worry about. Calm down. Everything's fine. But is everything fine? 
Or is it possible that somebody is hacking into aviation systems and holding various governments around the world hostage until they pay a ransom? Well, yes, it's entirely possible. In fact, for example, in the summer of 2020, UCSF Medical School paid more than a million dollars in Bitcoin, and they paid it in order to get access to their own computers, which had been frozen by hackers. They were held up for ransom. So what if the same people or similar people just did something very much like that to the FAA and then to the government in Canada and also the government of the Philippines? Now, if that were actually happening, the Biden administration would never tell us in a million years. They would lie about it like they lie about everything else. They would have Mayor Pete claim it was a software glitch from a contractor. And they would lie to us because they would not want us to know that they had been so utterly reckless and negligent and distracted by equity concerns that they had allowed some foreign hostile group to take control of our FAA. But the lie could only cover so much because there would be signs of it. Almost all ransoms like this are paid in Bitcoin. So if the U.S. government was buying huge amounts of Bitcoin in order to pay a ransom, Bitcoin prices would surge, of course. So the question is, has that happened? Oh, yes, it has happened. Since the nationwide ground stop last Thursday, the price of Bitcoin has shot up about 20 percent. Is that a coincidence? We asked Pete Buttigieg to come on the show tonight to let us know. Unfortunately, he did not respond to our request. So we'll keep asking. Wow. I don't know, Brian, you hadn't heard that before, right? I have not. No, that's the first time. I did note that Bitcoin did surge. And I knew that Canada had a problem. I didn't know about the Philippines. I don't know that you can make a leap like that without, you know, more evidence. You know, it's possible. I'm not saying that there's no way that we would, you know, pay for the uh, ability to get back in our system with Bitcoin I mean, can you imagine the scandal that would result from if, if we ever found out that we paid a foreign entity in Bitcoin to restore our systems? Oh, my God. It would be embarrassing. But do you put it past them? No, I don't. But I don't have any proof of that. Um, well, you know what I always say? If the government tells you they're lying to know, you, they might be we, lying about we, lying to you. We talked about it. I just can't imagine that they would do that. I mean, eventually, if they did, that will come out someday. Well, yeah, that it, it, eventually you would hope that it will. But they've lied to us for in, in, in the lies that it weren't exposed for decades. Yep. 30, 40 years, uh, and, and it's still we don't know. So... This is your chance. You give me a call. Gary, get your tinfoil hat on. Or, yeah, this sounds like a hack. 874-9390 or 800-529-5572. Did Tucker Carlson make a valid case that raises your suspicion it was a hack? I think he did. I was suspicious before. I'm even more suspicious now. I think we were hacked. Now, some of you, and I'm not a conspiracy theorist. There are only a couple of times when I've heard somebody come up with a theory that I, I thought, you know, that might be real. This is one of them. So I'm not, I'm not inclined to get on board with a lot of conspiracy theories. But here's what I think was going on in the minds of the government. We got to get these planes up and running. 
And we got to do it quickly because the economic impact is going to be phenomenal. And if we tell people what's really going on, they'll be afraid to fly. And that'll have a terrible impact. They'll be so afraid that they won't get a, you know, won't get on a plane. The airline industry is going to struggle. Uh, the the, uh, the economy is going to take a hit. They're going to, let's just keep this from them. We'll say it was a glitch in the software. And that caused the problem. Now we don't have to worry about people being afraid. Because we have a backup system. And we fixed the glitch. That's what I think the thinking was. And I think there was, in fact, um, some kind of a hack. I, I think somehow they got to him. Um, and, and maybe I need to wear a tinfoil hat. Maybe I'm, I'm just way out in left field here. But that was, you know, Canada, Philippines, the Bitcoin surge, the way the the government thinks, you know, whether you believe in UFOs or not, uh, the government never discloses all the information. Or at least rarely do they disclose it, which makes people wonder, you know, did they really find something or not? I don't know. Uh, Michael says, uh, as with the Chinese virus hoax, this was just another government experiment in population control. I'm not sure how that does anything for population control, but let's go to the phones. Dave, should I wear a tinfoil hat? Am I out of my mind here? No, you're not out of your mind. The people that are out of your mind, you don't think that this was a conspiracy, this happened. I mean, the FAA does not have the authority to shut everything down unilaterally. They experimented after 9-11 with air quote safety but the fact that they, they have told people that if you had your own private airplane on your own private land and you flew it in your own airspace, they were going to shoot you down and people didn't get up in arms about this is crazy. Um, yeah. How would you like to have had a couple hundred, a couple million dollars in a Gulf Stream and had business plans and be told you couldn't fly it because they couldn't maintain a system? And the system is an advisory. It's not a control you still got highly trained, highly skilled, federally licensed and regulated pilots. The so, FAA doesn't control anything. The pilot controls the airplane. You still well, have air traffic controllers at all the airports. You still have radios. So are you, wait a minute, Dave, are you introducing a third way here? Because it was either a glitch, a hack, or you're saying maybe a, a, a show of power? I, I think that it was probably a hack, and I think that they probably just reverted like the government always does of, oh, well, we did this before. We can do whatever we want. The FAA is probably the most overarching, overreaching federal bureaucracy out there. They make the ATF look like pikers. All right. Dave, thank you for the call. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Let me get one more in before you run off to break there, Mr. Hanson. Chuck is on the line. What do you think, Chuck? Tinfoil hat? No, I think uh, what the last caller just said that uh, made you think about control, it could be uh, something that a group did to say, uh, you know, look, 
this isn't a fluke. We did it here. We did it here. We did it here. And, of course, they're going to make a little money on the side, you know. But I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility whatsoever. All right. So I can uh, leave the tinfoil in the drawer in the kitchen. Uh, Chuck, thank you. Glad to have you yep. on the Gary Nolan Show. Yeah. What do you think? Was it a hack? Well, just take a guess. Based on what you've just heard. Or was it actually a software failure? Gary Nolan shows Zimmer Radio Network. It is uh, 1123. So Brian had a question that I don't have an answer for. <laughs> I can't believe you're going to bring this up on the Well, air. You, you brought it up. Uh, no, I so. just saw a post and I asked you. It wasn't for air at all. <laughs> well, because I, I don't know what it is either. Okay. Maybe we'll I, learn I, something. I've tasted it and I was not impressed by it. Brian found a recipe for southern grits, and he wanted to know, what, what are they? What are grits, yeah. What are grits? I don't know. I, you know, if, if, if you were to hand me a spoonful of it and taste it, I would say <laughs> it's sand mixed in gravy. I think you could it looks wear like the... Malto meal or something. Yeah, but it's not. It's, it's, you know, grits is the name for a reason. So you crunch when you... Oh, you can't chew them. Yeah, so you just swallow the sand. You just have to, you? I don't understand the value of them. I don't even know what the hell they're doing in there. I would I would argue that it's it's like sand mixed in sauce or gravy or something. It's I I've tasted it uh, like a couple of times, and I got nothing from it. It was like, geez, <laughs> why did I just eat that? Yeah, <laughs> and I and I didn't finish it. It was like one spoonful. It was like oh. Um, so what are grits? What exactly are grits? And why in the hell does anybody eat them? I mean, the gravy is all right, or whatever that, whatever it's in. Uh, forget the sand. Just give me the gravy. I'll put it on toast. It'll be fine. Uh, I don't know. But inquiring minds. Somebody just called and said it's ground up hominy. And I have a question. What's hominy? Well, that's when two people are singing. <laughs> <laughs> and they're singing in hominy. I see. Okay. Uh, there that you go. explains it perfectly. Oh, yeah. Now you know. That's what I'm here for. Dave, welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. How are you? Uh, well, Gary, you're talking about my favorite breakfast there. I have grits just about every morning. I'm and, really sorry uh, about that. Well, I want to ask well, you is why. <laughs> it's, because I love them. It's, but it's, uh, it, I have it with butter. Nothing but butter on it. A big plob of butter, and it melts. And uh, I stir it up with the butter, and it just tastes fantastic. Well, what does the grit add to the flavor? You know, you know it, take a kernel of corn. There's a little white speck at the top of a, a kernel of corn. Yeah. That's where the grit comes from. It's that little white spot, and they uh, harvest that from the kernel of corn, and uh, it that they grind it up, and it becomes grits. Is there actually and a flavor to the, to the ground-up bit of corn? Now, Gary, you've been to CC's too long. <laughs> <laughs> I've been I've been trying to become a vegetarian, and here you are trying to get flavor into that. Um, <laughs> there is some there's a um, 
a slight taste, but uh, I don't know how I'd describe it to you. Well, I, uh, I, I, I seriously think you could uh, throw sand in that same sauce and people wouldn't know the difference. <laughs> oh, Gary, I think I would. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Dave, thank you. Take care, buddy. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. So it's that white piece of the corn on a kernel of corn? Why? Who the hell decided to, to shave that off the, uh, you know, a kernel of corn? I don't know. A caller called back and he said, no, it's not corn. It's hominy. All right. Let me, let me, let so me, get, I, I don't know. Let me see what Steve says. Steve, welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan hey, Show. Gary. Hi. Now, you know, uh, yeah, it is hominy. It's made from hominy, but cornmeal grits are better, I think. Now, hominy is bleached, bleached out, and that's the reason why it's white. Bleached uh, out what? Oh, you mean hominy? Is hominy, hominy a plant? Hominy is bleached out. If you buy a can of hominy, it's bleached out. Yeah. Cornmeal is good, and my mother used to make it, and I love putting uh, cut-up jalapeno peppers in it and, and honey. It's really good. See, you know, I think it's all what you're raised to. You start getting fed this stuff when you're a kid, and it seems normal. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I took my wife down before we got married to an uncle that lived on a sailboat down in Summerlin Key, Florida. And so we stopped on our way down. And we were down in Georgia, and uh, we stopped at a restaurant, and uh, uh, my wife ordered, and the lady said, uh, would you like grits with that? And my wife said, what are grits? I said, oh, my God. I said, give her potatoes. She doesn't eat grits. I'll tell you right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I can understand that. They're good. Try them. Don't cut them down until you try them. Well, I've tried uh, uh, grits. I, I did. <laughs> and it was well, like sandpaper in gravy. Okay, put put some jalapeno peppers on it and some uh, honey. It's Why good. don't I just leave the sand out and eat the jalapeno peppers? And, and... Well, you could do that, too. All right, Steve, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Thousands you... of dollars in broadcast equipment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, You're talking about grits. Well, I just, I, I didn't discern any flavor from it just texture and the texture was like sand so i don't know how much time do i have I got a minute got a minute all right charlie i got a minute what's up hey charlie oh hey there yeah uh, as far as grits are concerned you just got to remember all a grit is is a vehicle for something with flavor so <laughs> so it is flavorless pretty much yeah yeah, that's what I said. You get rid of the grits, just give me the sauce. I'll, I'll be happy. <laughs> That'll work. Yeah, throw that on a biscuit, and uh, and I'm in a happy and I'm a happy camper. Charlie, well, thank yeah, you. I don't know why down south they they stick it on grits, but grits is it. So yeah, that's isn't it like sand? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks, Charlie. Glad You're to welcome. have you on the Gary Nolan show. I don't know. It, it seems to me if you eat enough of that, you might wear the enamel off your teeth. <laughs> uh, hominy, Spanish uh, maize, uh, literally meaning milled corn, is a food produced from dried maize or dried corn kernels that have been treated with an alkali in a process called nixtamalization or nextamali. Uh, you know what? I'll, I'll take the biscuits and gravy with sausage. Ooh.
That's good. Gary Nolan shows Zimmer Radio Network. This is the Gary Nolan Show. 11.35, and as usual, we are covering uh, the most controversial and important <laughs> topics of the day, including what's in grits. Uh, and I found out that uh, grits apparently have uh, vitamins, minerals, and antioxidants, 182 calories, uh, four, uh, this would be in 41 grams. Uh, it has four grams of protein, one gram of fat, uh, two grams of fiber. Uh, it has 18% of thiamine and 100% of the uh, required daily dose of salt. Or, I'm sorry, sand. Uh, it uh, would have been a great line if I hadn't done that. Uh, let me go to the phones here. What is your favorite breakfast, Brian? Oh, man. Um, anything with bacon in it. So yeah. I love bacon, sausage, biscuits, and gravy. Hash browns. But they have to be golden brown. They can't be, like, white and right. blah. They, somebody's got to put them on the... On the grill until they're browned, or golden brown. Yep, I agree. Now, I'm, now we're talking breakfast. And yeah, bacon, uh, as Larry Wayland from Modern Arms would say, uh, if it grew on trees, I'd be a vegetarian. Let me go to the phones and chat with Sharon. Good morning, Sharon. How are you? Hey, how are you? I'm um, well. As a native, born and bred Missourian, um, we, my husband and I spent a lot of time um, on faculty and administration at Southern Universities. Having said that, grits are no different than what you might do to your potato, which has basically no taste, or, and or your um, uh, rice, which basically has no taste. You do add-ons, and unless and until the City Broiler does shrimp and grits, you don't know what you're missing. You, you know, the difference is the texture. No, it isn't. No. Yeah. Mashed potatoes doesn't have that same texture that grits has. Grits has a sandy texture. No, not if they're cooked properly. So you think you can cook them so they're actually soft and not gritty? Absolutely. I mean, why are they called yes. grits? Then? I was going to say, that's why they call them grits. I live, 16, I live 16 years in South Carolina, and I can do shrimp and grits. It'll knock your socks off. Okay. All right. Sharon, thank you for the call. You're so welcome. All right. Take care. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. They're they're supposed to be soft and mushy. Wouldn't they call them mushies? I think so, yeah. Uh, Instead, they call them grits because they're gritty. (laughs) Uh, Marty says, we love grits with two steamed eggs, cheese, and whatever type of breakfast meat mixed into it. It's great. Uh, Charles, uh, the little white speck on top of the Bird poop is bird poop, too. Okay. Carol, uh, Gary, our friend uh, Forrest, always makes cheesy grits for carrions, and they are delicious and are quickly gone. Try it. All right. Uh, Brian, you going to make them? I don't know. No, I don't think so. No? You know what you should do? Go to a restaurant that serves them and at least give it a try. Maybe. And then come back and report on the air okay, for another multi-million dollar segment <laughs> on breakfast. Uh, Rex, what's your favorite breakfast? Uh, well, I kind of like grits once in a great while. <laughs> uh, <laughs> grits is nothing but dried corn that has been uh, 
after the corn's dried, it made it portable. It was a, it was a way of preserving it years ago. Uh, you know, way back when they could throw some in their saddle bag and and uh, grind it up, uh, and then or they just, well they didn't grind it right then, but they take the whole dried corn and soak it in alkali water, lye water, and it puff up. I hate to use the kind of like popcorn, but it was solid. And then they dry it out, and grind it up. It was just it was a way of preserving corn. Uh, and if it's, like they say, if you fix it right, cook it long enough, it does get soft. A little a bit of butter, maybe a little uh, brown sugar or syrup, and boil people and flat put them away. Is it uh, comparable to say mother's oats? Uh, somebody said earlier said something like cream uh, cream of wheat, something like that. Yeah, it's like a cooked cereal in a way. Uh, I was looking it up, and they actually have, uh, and I, I kind of laughed at this because uh, they it, they they make instant grits, which yeah. <laughs> to me was like, well, that's like making instant sand. <laughs> <laughs> I've got some up in the freezer right now. Uh, All right. All right, Rex. Thanks, buddy. Huh? Uh-huh. Pretty All good right, easy. Thank, mm-hmm. yep, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. You see what's going on here, Brian, is everybody who loves grits is calling. I know. Nobody who thinks like I think, or perhaps you do, is going to call. I was just curious, and I, again, apologize. I just asked you during the break. I didn't intend yeah. <laughs> to go that far. All right. Mike is on the line. Mike, welcome. How are you? Hey, but thank you for taking the call. Listen, I'll, I'll put this little baby to bed in my little mind, but on the other side of the family, grits was made with four snow shovels of sawdust. <laughs> Three sand and a little bit of water, and then they would uh, put syrup on it. And uh, uh, I think it was endorsed by the um, uh, Dental Association because it wore down your teeth. But also at the same token, on that side of the family, seven of the kids, you could find the little ones down in the woods chewing on bark. And the other three, they finally uh, graduated from uh, eating that and went to steak and whatever. But uh, I've had it. It's nasty, and other people like it, and and that's fine. But I'll tell you what, everybody's always said you got to douse it down with something, you know, to be happy. <laughs> you got to wash it down. All right, uh, Thank Mike. Th- thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. All right, um, biscuits and gravy, some home fries that are um, browned. I mean, they, they really—that's breakfast. Uh, and, no, and I don't deny that you people love grits out there. I, I'm sure that uh, if you're raised on them, you're happy with them and you think they're great. Uh, just for me, the texture doesn't do it. Although the one caller said she could make them soft. I don't know. That might make a difference. Uh, Biden's legal team, after uh, the discovery of uh, those files... Uh, apparently made a deal with the Department of Justice. I thought this was interesting. We'll see if we can get to it before we run out of hour on that topic. Uh, And then uh, we've got uh, President Trump going after Governor DeSantis again, which I thought was uncalled for. Uh, We actually have the audio. Here we go. Let me see if we can get this. uh... Those rallies were unbelievable, and he ended up beating kill him and most people thought he couldn't do that but i i thought he could so uh i got him elected pure and simple he would have never if i if i said i wasn't going to endorse you uh 
uh, and I was close. You know, there was no reason to go wild about endorsing him. So, you know, now I hear he might want to run against me. So we'll handle that the way I handle things. Yeah. So uh, you those rallies were unbelievable. So apparently just the thought that DeSantis might want to run against him is I'll handle it. I will handle this the way I handle things. You know, you got two um, ostensibly powerful leaders in the Republican Party, maybe even more. Because uh, there are other candidates out there who could run for, uh, for president. And what you guys ought to be doing is saying, my plan is better than his plan. Here's what I intend to do. Well, what's wrong with his plan? My plan is just better. That's how you should be campaigning against each other. It should be, instead of shooting each other, it, 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 Reagan's 11th commandment. And that's how, it's, that's how it should be done. Uh, you're primarying against a, a, a fellow member of the political party. Democrats should do this too. And you've got a, a better idea, and that's what you should argue. My idea is better. I'm not going to shoot you, you know, my, my primary opponent's idea down. I'm just going to tell you my idea is better. Here's what I would do. Here's why I like my plan. Now, you're not giving the opposition ammunition should you lose. And you don't really want a picture of disharmony inside the party. My idea is better. That's why, uh, you know, that's why I'm running. Instead, what, what President Trump is doing is he's taking it personal. He's taking it personally and, and going after uh, Governor DeSantis. Now I hear he might want to run against me, so we'll handle that the way I handle things. That's, that's not the way you do it. I have better ideas. Let me share them with you. Uh, this this is not good for any political party. It just not. All right, back to wrap it up. You're listening to the Gary Nolan Show on the Zimmer Radio Network. It's 11:50. Glad to have you with us. Glenn Beck is coming up. Sean Hannity, uh, Randy Tobler's on today too, right? Uh, we got the state of the state and everything going on. Yes, it's, sir. He is busy. going to be listening at the uh, three o'clock. Uh, conference with the state of the state and then uh, let you know if you weren't able to listen to it yourself he'll let you know what he heard and tell you at four o'clock can't go wrong with that um this i don't know if you saw the story at town hall uh but townhall.com has this uh, it says tapes we investigated a suburban lgbtq pedophile ring here's what we found and I didn't even know, I don't know how I missed this, but apparently this is a year old, Brian. Um, here's the, uh, a months-long town hall investigation reveals disturbing new details about the affluent LGBT activist couple accused of sodomizing their young adopted sons, now ages 9 and 11, and making disturbing homemade child pornography of the sexual abuse. Um, I, I don't know how I missed this, but apparently I did. And 
it, it just uh the uh, the adoptive fathers, 33-year-old William Dale Zulock Jr. and 35-year-old Zachary Jacoby Zulock, were arrested on July 27, 2022. A family member concerned about the well-being of the children uh, went on to uh, share some of the information in some jailhouse calls. This is just really, really ugly. Um, homemade child pornography, they were sodomizing these two little boys uh, half a year after the shocking story made national news town hall is the only outlet following up on the criminal case in Georgia that has since seen zero headlines written about it we found that it's far far worse than what was reported not only did they allegedly rape the two boys who were adopted through a Christian special needs adoption agency they were pimping out the children to nearby pedophiles in the Atlanta suburbs. Uh, they've got recorded jailhouse calls, a trove of never-before-seen court documents, and testimony from a family member who spoke exclusively with Town Hall uh, as they uncover the extent of the physical and emotional trauma. So, I got just a few minutes here. Brian, what do you think is an adequate punishment for these two guys? Uh, death. You, you don't think that would be overplaying the hand just no, a titch? No, no. You know, actually, pedophilia is probably one of the worst crimes that a person can commit. And, yeah, I mean, I, I've just, uh, I'm not going to spare him anything. It's just, uh, as you pointed out, ugly. I, I mean, would. that is the worst. Uh, as Town Hall reported in August, the suspects were darlings of the LGBTQ media. They were part of an anti-gay hate campaign. Um, and, and they were at Out Magazine. Uh, and, and they repeatedly have been, you know, they were just the couple because they had these two boys. Um, and they were abusing these, pimping these boys out. What goes through their mind? What would and I don't care if it's heterosexual or homosexual. I don't care what it is. Yeah, that doesn't come into it at all. Why would you take a little child, innocent child, and pimp them out? There are people who die protecting children that age. They risk their lives protecting children that age, and these two jackrabbits go out and make pornographic movies with them and pimp them out? Sick. I am not a death penalty person, but I wouldn't argue that they don't deserve to die. I really, I would not argue that they, they didn't earn that. Uh, I would prefer they live in prison with a great deal of pain attached yes. to the rest of their lives. Yeah, um... I don't think the, you know, maybe I'm wrong, uh, but I don't think they'd be terribly popular in prison. But I, I just, I think doing that to those two boys, exploiting them, ruining their childhood. Those people that end up in prison and have done things like that, I don't know how that information gets back to the prison, but it does. And generally they don't last too long. If you get my meaning. Jeez. <sighs> oh, According to a copy of the 17-count indictment, uh, the adoptive 
uh, fathers allegedly performed oral sex on both boys, forced the children to perform oral sex on them, anally raped their sons, and at least one instance uh, injured uh, one of the children doing that. Uh, the child had just turned 11 years old in mid-December. Sexual abuse stretched back to as early as late 2019 and intensified in 2021 and 22. Oh, my God. I don't, I don't even know what to say. I, I just think it's, uh, it's horribly, horribly disgusting. We are going to have uh, on Friday John Gizzi with us. Uh, John uh, is uh, chief political correspondent for Newsmax. Known John for decades. He's a lot of fun, and he's very intuitive. We're, we're going to talk about uh, can, uh, one candidate from New York in particular who managed to lie his way into the House of Representatives. I'm sure you all know what I'm talking about. Uh, but there are, other Republic, or, uh, there are other candidates who have done the same thing. Um, I have a, a, you know, a deep and abiding suspicion that nobody is going to kick him out of the House of Representatives unless they can come up with some kind of financial uh, mishandling of funds or taking money they shouldn't have. I don't. I don't see them uh, getting this guy out of uh, out of the House of Representatives. I just don't see where it happens. But in the next election, he'd better have been a really good congressman. And hope that everybody forgets. We'll cover that with John Gizzy. In the meantime, tomorrow, of course, is Think Tank Thursday. As far as I know, we've got a full boat. Kevin Jackson, Jim Babka. Uh, we'll have uh, Mo First, the Show Me Institute, and Dave Rowland uh, filling in uh, the, uh, the program tomorrow. So that's going to be fun as well. Just want to do a quick reminder on all that. Uh, Biden's legal team. How much time do I have here, Brian? Because I got one more Under story. a minute. Under a minute. Biden's legal team, after the discovery of the first tranche of documents uh, at the think tank, talked the Department of Justice uh, about uh, having FBI agents present while Biden's lawyers conducted and, uh, additional searches. Ultimately, they cut a deal where only Biden's attorneys would do the search. What? They didn't show up with AR-15s and black SUVs? Blocking off the building in his house while they tore through his wife's closet? No, no, they didn't do that because it's Joe Biden. We got to run whatever it is in life that you want. Go out and get it. Don't wait for the government to drop it in your lap. You make it happen. You seize the day, Carpe Diem. Gwen, baby. Honey, I'm coming home. <laughs>